Yeah. Woo. Shaba. How's everybody doing tonight? No already then. Was that sarcasm? <laughs> I like Holy Ghost sarcasm. As long as there's no bitterness in it, amen. We got a rule around here called no wormwood. No devils. Amen. It's good to dwell in a demon free zone of the Holy Ghost. Bless you guys. With my cosmic realm of glory. A people completely above, not just born above, raised above, matured above, dwelling and living and having their being above, on the holy mountain, set apart from the sand, set apart from the earth, for God to be priests and kings over the earth. Revelation 1 says, over the earth. Not on the earth with the devil and the dirt and the diseased and the despicable and the depraved and the derelict and the depressed <laughs> and the dismembered and the disemboweled like Herod. Holy Ghost. Amen. But those in the celestial that are blessed in heaven's best, having passed their morality test, which is how you get into the cosmic dimension, who can climb and ascend the mountain of the Lord. Psalms talks about ascension many, many times. Who can ascend, who can be in the cosmic to rule over the earthly? Clean hands. Which means not doing your own works. <laughs> doing the works of the Holy Ghost. Not just for priests, for businessmen also. You want your business to be blessed with the least amount of stress, the most fruitfulness with the least amount of strain on your brain? Obey the Holy Ghost in business. Don't kick against the goads in the marketplace. Amen. Which means you're going to develop a relationship with the Lord. Amen. You know, sometimes we just need to keep it simple because we're stupid. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. It's a dependency on God thing. You know, to berate yourself in intelligence is a common theme in the scriptures of every wise man. I do not esteem myself super intelligent. I esteem my God super intelligent. Holy Ghost. Because it's the truth anyhow. And we're going to allow God to be God and we're going to be His temples. And when God is dwelling in the temple, you're living in the glory. And where are you? Throne room. Throne room above. The heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. So we got footstool 
Ministries Worldwide International Inc. Down in the dirt, in the below dimension, with an interpretation of all the things of God. <laughs> Claiming to be God. How many of y'all know the beast uttered blasphemies like a river, Revelation says, which means it's the earthly and the terrestrial claiming to be inspired. She who calls herself a prophetess, the self-inspiration of the earthly, is the realm of the beast, the blasphemer, and the false prophet. Truth, anyhow. Even their cosmic experiences in that dimension are not through Calvary. They're not through the holy mountain of the sacrifice of Isaac and Abraham, which is total self-sacrifice for God's pleasure. You're obeying an angel. What did Abraham do? Obeyed an angel. How did he become the father of faith, the Bible tells you? He obeyed an angel. I don't know if it's an angel of light. Well, they looked at Moses and he looked like a devil of light with horn-like appearance, Exodus says. They couldn't obey an angel of light, and they couldn't look, they couldn't obey a man that looked like a devil of light. It was still God, but they had no discernment because they judged everything wrongly continuously because they were earthly and not heavenly. So what's our deal? A greater relationship with the Holy Ghost. What are the gifts? The gifts of the Spirit. I've noticed this since I've been walking with the Holy Ghost, that we get into the gifts, and we get into the charismatic activity. We've talked about this before, and we're not done talking about it because it's Scripture, and so we're going to meditate on it day and night until there's no more darkness in this world, until there's no more disobedience, until there's no more disunity, dissension, <laughs> No more sorcery, no more iniquity, no more transgression. And we're one united body of Christ above with 0% of us below. Because that's the end result of the apostolic works of Jesus Christ is to produce a people in the perfected realm above with no mixture of of the earthly below. Woe to the inhabitants below, it is written, but rejoice you who dwell in the heavens. That's what it says now. It says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad you who dwell above in the heavens, but woe to you who dwell below, for the devil has gone down into you. Now that's scripture, which means if you choose to be terrestrial, you have rejected celestial, which is apostate. Come on now. That's what you deal with in this generation of righteousness, celestial, and iniquity, terrestrial. Now, when you are celestial, your terrestrial is a perfect temple of Holy Ghost. You know that? As above, so below. Jesus had the same below as he had above. One greater than Solomon is here, which means one greater above is here. You know that's what it means. One greater above is here than Solomon, who is king of kings and lord of lords and had world peace. The only person to have world peace in the history of the world is King Solomon. If you study history, 
Nobody had world peace. There's been no world peace on this planet except through Solomon's time. Do you know that? Truth in you. Now, Jesus said one greater than Solomon, the only king to ever bring world peace, is here. That means there's a greater cosmic rulership available in Jesus, and these are the greater works that you'll do because he's going to the Father. Which means the ability to rule and reign and cleanse the heavenlies to have a perfected earth greater than Solomon is here. Which means no more poverty, by the way. In the days of Solomon, silver had no value. You read the Bible, that's Old Testament, Old Covenant, and we're just so New Covenant, New Testament, we're against the Old Testament, Old Covenant. You know, But we haven't even come close to the fruitfulness of some of the realms of the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. You know that's right. We haven't even come close to having a poverty-free Christianity where people look at silver like they would a penny on the ground of copper or tin and it just has no value whatsoever. You're just, you won't even bend over to pick it up. That's how silver was in the days of Solomon. It is written in the scriptures. Silver had no economic buying power. It was worthless. You know that? You know that scripture? Now, we're still in a dimension here where we're in silver, aren't we? Why? Because our spirit, represented by silver, is not yet perfected or glorified or transfigured or completely in the celestial cosmic realm of Jesus Christ. When it is, guys, woo, when it is, the truth is, there shall be no poverty in the earth below. Why? Because you are dwelling in the heavens above. When your spirit is transfigured, when you are living in the dimension of the mansion of God's Shekinah glory prepared for you, when you are ascending with clean hands and a pure heart, with no idols of your own opinions and ideas. Now this is the place where we find ourselves kicking against the goads fighting the Holy Spirit. We arm wrestle. We mentally wrestle. We physically wrestle with the blood in our hearts against the Holy Ghost constantly. You say otherwise, you're a liar. The only way you are not currently fighting the Holy Spirit is if you have allowed the Holy Spirit to kill you with the Lamb of God on His same exact cross in your spirit, which is in your belly, which is your above realm, in your soul and in your brain and in your bones and marrow, which is your below realm. If all your temple's abilities are slain with Jesus Christ, you are at peace with God above and below. That's why nobody can have peace except through crucifixion with Christ. You have all kinds of other stuff. You'll have human beings trying to be divine, which is witchcraft and divination everywhere. You'll have sorcery, iniquity, pretending through all the things of God. And it will be heavenly and it will be earthly because you're created heavenly and earthly. 
So you will be heavenly and earthly no matter what the heck you do with your lives. Because God created man and woman heavenly and earthly. The issue is, what kind of heavenly do you want? Principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You want that kind of heavenly? Or do you want the heavenly of Moses on the mountain looking like a devil of light? Moses coming down the mountain with horn-like appearance and the Shekinah so bright through his countenance they begged to put a veil on his face because they can't look upon the face of God that he is a mirror reflection of from the mountain of the heavenlies. The mountain where they would watch lightning. They would watch Yahweh, the God of Israel. They'd watch the angel Yahweh, the God of Abraham, go right down, strike the mountain, and talk with Moses face to face. They'd watch Yahweh, who's Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, flash like lightning through the sky in daylight and at night, strike the tent of meeting, and they'd watch Moses go into the tent and talk to the man of lightnings. They'd watch it all every day. These people had the fear of God. They'd have the signs and wonders. They were freaked out. They got into an unhealthy fear of the Lord, though. They said, I don't want a relationship with that amount of power and lightning. Because if I get close to that lightning, I'm going to die. Well, yeah, you will. If you come close to that lightning with bad intentions, ask the sons of Aaron in Leviticus 10 how it's going to turn out. The lightning killed them, the Bible says. Jesus smote them dead. <laughs> that was Jesus Christ. If you read the Bible, Revelation 1, last book of the Bible, Okay, so you have no hyper-grace excuses out there in your iniquity, the last book of the Bible, Jesus holds the keys of death. That's what Scripture says. So nobody dies except through Jesus. Nobody lives except through Jesus. And your fake, hippie, peace-loving Jesus that's not the Lion of the tribe of Judah at all, it's just your, a figment of your imagination, a Jesus you've constructed in your own iniquity, is nothing like the Jesus that's coming back in the second coming. You know that? In his first coming, he came as a gentle lamb and... Sinners killed him. Religious people murdered him. In the second coming, Jesus kills all the religious people. You know that? You know that's what the Bible teaches? You know that's what's in store for you? You're going to be killed by Jesus. Not coddled by Jesus with your fake demon-possessed Jesus, your fake fallen angel Jesus, your Cain Jesus. Cain's got a Jesus, too. Remember, he names everything after God, so he named his own Christianity after Jesus, made, constructed a Jesus. Cain's Christianity is mostly what you've known so far until you come into Shekinah, until you come into 
walking in the awe of God and walking from glory to glory, burning up your spirit, burning up your soul, being the sacrifice, not sacrificing others like Cain, sacrificing the best of yourself like Abel. Abel sacrificed the best of himself for God. Cain ate the best part of himself for himself and gave God his worst. Cain gave God the scraps off of his soul and ate the best part of his soul, ate the best part of his spirit, ate the best part of his flesh. Abel gave him the best part of his spirit. Abel gave God, Jesus Christ, the best part of his soul. Abel gave God the best part of his flesh. And Abel's sacrifice was a sweet aroma to Jesus Christ. The angel that created the heavens and the earth received the sacrifice of Abel, but rejected the sacrifice and offering of Cain. In fact, when it was rejected, he could have offered a better sacrifice. He could have repented. But instead, he chose pride and to be a member of the family of the fallen angels forever. And that's what marked his forehead. Israel has a mark, the circumcision, which is the mark of glory. Cain's family, that's no longer redeemable at all, is marked a family member of the fallen angels. So in the New Covenant, you don't have the same type of ethnic cleansing as you do in the Old Covenant. They'd arrest you nowadays. Thou shalt not kill. Well, they're killing everyone in the Old Testament. So I guess what you're killing was not human. Correct. Correct. You need to understand clearly in Jewish history, the ancient Jews and Israelites fully believed that Cain and his offspring were no longer human beings. Now, Enoch believed that too. You know what? Jesus Christ believed that also. You know that? That there is stuff here that is not redeemable. Jesus spoke of one in his midst, a false apostle that was a devil and not redeemable, Judas Iscariot. Looked like a Jew, like one of them but was not a Jew. Jesus did not call him a Jew. Jesus called him a devil. And he said it repeatedly from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his ministry. Judas could not be saved because Judas was a son of perdition, which means a mark of Cain. Truth anyhow. People got opinions about everything. Let your opinions burn and die tonight. You're wrong and I'm right. Truth anyhow, when you begin to burn up all your stinking theology and doctrine into apostolic doctrine, holy apostolic teaching, with the understanding of the wisdom of the ages in the canopy and celestial realm of the Shekinah above, you will transform your lives, but if you Harden your hearts in your own opinions about everything you think you know that ain't working out so well. You will not make it. You'll harden your hearts and die in the wilderness. I'm telling you now, this is the most crucial, critical time to be teachable in the teaching of the manifesting sons of God. But because you're so filled with Cain's teaching, 
because you're so filled with opinions about Scripture, opinions about Pentateuch and Torah and rabbinical this, rabbinical that, scholarly this, scholarly that, Bible college this, Bible college that. You know, in Bible college, they taught us if it's mentioned once in the Bible, it can't be taken seriously. But ancient Israel had a special category for things that were only mentioned once in the Bible, and they were very holy and very special. But in Bible college, every single abomination of every Bible college on the planet right now, they say the things mentioned once can't be taken seriously. You need at least two scriptures to back that up. That is blasphemy. That is anti-Christ nonsense. And the Lord said to me, that's the Greek teaching of Pan. How the fallen angels have infiltrated all interpretation of the New Testament to make it utterly worthless in man's tradition, nullifying the power of the Word of God, which is entering the cosmic dimension of Shekinah glory. When you nullify the power of the Word, you are stuck in the terrestrial. That is the devil's main goal in infiltrating Christianity. That your Christianity would be altogether earthly and zero cosmic, zero heavenly, so that the whole heavenly realm above your earthly Christianity would be ruled by the fallen angels and they exceeded and they completely succeeded in this generation of total iniquity. Iniquity is spirituality of the earthly. Oh, that's all you've known. Almost every church on this planet fights the spirituality of the cosmic, the actual realm of the overcomers. Blessed are they that overcome and become that cosmic Israel above and rule with, rule with him in Revelation 5.10, the angelic heavenly sphere above. Woo, confronting iniquity tonight, we're burning this stuff up. There are antichrists present, and it's going to burn and die tonight. I would just ask everyone at the sound of my voice to offer themselves as a living sacrifice to the holiness of the word from above. In every place where you're opinionated, which means full of satanic strongholds, you could humble yourself and just give it to the fire of God's written word. The word of God is the tree of life. (laughs) And if you eat from it, you will have an ever-increasing fire upon every other word in you. Here's the deal. You've been taught devils. Now you must be taught glories. You must be taught heavenly. You must be taught... Now, here's the true mystical. You must be taught mystical, which is true mystical, which is only that progressive state of being above. The true mystical, which is this mystic secret, Christ, is being entirely progressively above and entirely progressively dissolved below, which means more angelic every day, less animal below every day. So the below is beginning to mirror the above. This word from God, every word from God is from heaven. 
<laughs> so the word from heaven will lift you up into heaven if you will, will allow it to burn everything that's from below, that's from the realm of the demonic. All the iniquity, transgression, and sinful teachings that have made your Christianity earthly instead of heavenly. Woo! Now, God was reminded me today, when I was born again in 1999, how for the first six months before I was taught, I felt light as a feather, like I was floating and levitating for six months. I was born in the liquid lightning. You've heard my testimony. I've shared it a thousand times at Joel's Bar. It felt like 10,000 watts of liquid lightning surging through me for hours. Okay, That is the constant feeling when your soul is in the heavenly realm. You are in the lightnings of God. You are in the celestial realm of the Shekinah God continuously. Now, it is through teaching, not from above, but from below, that causes the glory to fade. As soon as they started teaching me in the assemblies of God, as soon as they started to tell me all these things like the baptism of fire is just a cleansing, and that's what Brother Earl said, bless his heart, totally clueless. We're talking about facilitating an atmosphere where God can work and then trying to explain it and the glory just fades away. The glory just lifts and departs. The Shekinah of the white dove just flew away. Because man came in and just tried to teach it all and explain it all. And there was no abiding glory because of man's teaching. Now that's what Jesus Christ said in Mark. It is the teachings of men that nullify the power of the word of God. What does nullify mean? Cut off from celestial Shekinah. They cut off from heavenly glory. It is the workings of men and women in the guise of Christianity, in the guise of divinity, which is true antichrist everywhere, which is iniquity, the teachings of iniquity. The teachings of men and women are pure iniquity. Now, if there's no mixture and it's the teachings of God, and it's the cosmic realm like Moses on the mountain. So you're on a mountain and there's no filter. You're a mere reflection of the God you're meeting with on the mountain. So you're looking like God. And then you're just bringing it down into the earthly, which was the sand below. Okay, that's what the sand below represents is bringing the heavenly down into the earthly. And when you're doing that, there's a confrontation to things below, a protest. They're antagonistic towards the heavenly. They're fighting, they're murmuring, they're complaining, they're adulterating, they're serving other gods. The below realm is the realm of all the fallen angels, all the demons. It's true. Every single wicked lying spirit of the kingdom of hell will protest when you are accurately bringing that heavenly word full of the Shekinah glory. It is not an embrace of the word. It's an insistence on the earthly, which is the insistence of Egypt in the uncircumcised heart. They were already circumcised externally. Didn't do them any good. They all died and went to hell, the Bible says. 
did them no good to be marked externally. Zero good. Only the mark of Shekinah by eating the heavenly from the mountain does you any good in this life and in the one to come. Truth anyhow. Hallelujah. You gotta get marked in the mark of the Lamb. Passover Lamb. Pentecostal Lamb. The Lamb on the throne to become the bride of the Lamb in this generation against all that is earthly. And I'm telling you, the fallen angels have perfected a charismatic whore of Babylon full of lying signs and wonders that is like a perfect cosmic copy of the celestial that is as far away from true Shekinah and the actual palace of the glory of God that you could possibly get. Satan has, and his angels, the angels of light that deceive, have perfected a realm that looks like God that looks like the holy mountain, but is completely apostate, and it is the seven mountains of the fallen watchers of the book of Enoch. And those stars that fell from heaven, those false, lying, deceiving lights of one-third of the angels, are incarcerated in seven mountains, teaching you Christianity from seven prisons of sorcery. Sorcery is false light. Witchcraft is false light. There's rewards to sorcery. Wickedness gets wages. It's called blood-sucking horror Babylon drunk on the blood of the saints because they have no true sanctification. They have no true mark of circumcision in their heart. So they're in these seven mountains as thieves stealing from the holy mountain Zion rising as chief of all the mountains in the last days. Now some of you can relate to that. Others of you are blood-drinking vampires. And you've never repented from the seven stars that fell from heaven. Okay? The fallen angels and their Christianity, which is 100% iniquity. How will you tell the difference? Because the preaching of the Shekinah word of God from the cosmic realm of the holy mountain through those completely crucified who've carried their crosses up into the heavenlies through the way, the truth, and the life to be with the Father on the mountain and sup with Him night and day, Revelation 3.20. That's how you know they're of a different kind, a peculiar people, set apart from iniquity, set apart from the seven mountains, to be on the holy mountain of Jesus Christ, which has always been and will always be one. 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 It can't be two. It can only be one. It's the mountain of the one Lord, Jesus Christ. These seven mountains out here are our enemies, our arch enemies. All those mountains do, of all the stars that fell from heaven in those mountains, is kill, steal, and destroy. How do they destroy? They destroy with a perfected, charismatic abomination of the false prophet that has all the giftings, all the irrevocable stuff of God activated and working, but not for the kingdom, for self, in a state of delusion of the starlight 
of the fallen angels. It's true. Seven stars. One third of the stars fell. Anyone who listens to those stars is incarcerated in those mountains. Why is it so hard to reach y'all? Why is it so difficult? It's like, how thick can the skull be? As thick as the seven stars in the seven mountains of Satan's kingdom pretending to be the one kingdom of Mount Zion in this earth, in this place. And so the voice of Noah is called the voice of the devil. It's called the false prophet. And the voice of the seven mountains was seven stars of seven fallen angels of seven principalities is speaking through the charismatic church, lying and deceiving constantly so that they're never truly ascending into the promised land that Jesus has prepared for you to rule the heavens over the earth. Rejoice, you who dwell in the heavens, but woe to you who live in the earth. It is written, Jesus Christ, red letters, book of Revelation. Here's the deal. You are going to have to decide and judge in your spirit, in your soul, in your flesh, how much of the seven mountains of the one-third that fell, the false light and the seven-star light of wicked spirits of iniquity you're involved in. And that's the only measure you're going to be willing to give up in your lives tonight. You can't sacrifice anything you judge as good in God, even though I know it's Satan in you. I know you're full of sorcery, witchcraft, charismatic abomination, seven mountains, that the mark of Shekinah is unknown in the cosmic realm of your spirit, soul, and flesh, because you have judged the kingdom of iniquity, the false light of the seven stars, as God's kingdom, so you're not willing to sacrifice any of it. You can't sacrifice that which you judge as good and godly. Why would you judge God? Why would you sacrifice God? I received all these things from God. So it's just the stingy, withholding, Ananias, Sapphira, fallen angel activity, non-stop continually, with every single Christian you ever deal with in the history of the world, because they have not yet come in to the promised land of being cosmic celestial Israel with the mark of Shekinah. There's still a below race. And you're dealing with this below race, this born again people that's in the sand dying, just like Final Quest. They're all born again Christians in the sand. Oh, hey, that's Satan's army. It is written. That's Satan. That's the army of all the fallen angels called Christianity in the sand. What's the sand? Self in the soul. In their own personality. In their own attributes, cares, wants, desires, me, myself, and I never sacrifice anything, never one step on the mountain to be give, begin giving God your best. In the sands, you always eat your own best. That is the realm of Cain. That is the valley of iniquity. That's where almost all Christians are. How do we ascend this mountain? Clean hands. What does that mean? that everything of the work of my hands is for the clean one. You know, clean and unclean is the common theme of the priesthood of the entire Old Testament for thousands of years. And it's also the theme 
for clean garments of the true new covenant priesthood for thousands of years. How do you have clean hands and a pure heart? How can we remain clean as God is clean? You can only be clean in God, in His substances. Everything else that's not the person of God and the personality of God and the hopes, the plans, the dreams of God, the visions of God, the wants, the desires of God, the thoughts, the ways of God, the blood, the water, the fire, the word of God is clean. Nothing else will ever be clean. You cannot be clean in the terrestrial. You can only be clean in the celestial with the word that comes down from above. A celestial word will clean you and cleanse you from all the terrestrial lies of the demonic realm causing you to dwell in the earthly and not the heavenly. The heavenly is more than enough. The heavenly, the greater heavenly of Jesus Christ, is a greater earthly than Solomon. Jesus said that. Do you even believe it? I know unbelief runs rampant because of iniquity which has locked you off from celestial experiences. Not just once when you dream or a vision, constant, since you are a temple of heaven and earth by God's original creation, the issue is a temple that's not experiencing a clean heavens has a defiled spirit. Right here on your belly, just lay hands on your belly. That's what we're working on. Your belly is a container of the cosmic realm now, not becoming. You're born and created that way when you're born in your mother's womb. It's just your belly is full of all the gross garbage of your parents and their curses. That's why you must be born again to go into the clean, perfect, open heavens of Messiah. First and foremost, born again, born above, is a clean above of living water. Crystal clear, sparkling water. And it is also a clean blood. So that your blood of anything of your human nature down below cannot hold you back because now you cling to His blood and are engrafted into His blood, His tree, His body. Literally! Not just theologically. Not just in your senses and reasoning like dull animals. But as angel spirits. As holy spirits. Born of the Holy Spirit. You better be Holy Spirit. Who conceived you? Who births you in your spiritual womb? Holy Ghost! He did it! Now, obey Him and live in the realm He dwells. Why is he called a brooding mother hen? Where do you brood from, people? Chickens. You brood chickens, brew over the eggs, they brood, brood, brood. In the cosmic celestial realm, over the terrestrial earthly realm. How do we live in the constant flow of the Ruach? Of God, the breath of the Almighty, the rivers of God, the rivers of life. You be in the heavenly celestial through Jesus Christ all the time. You will have all the waters of the Holy Ghost who broods over the earth washing through you all the time. You will feel 
continually and constantly washed, but you ain't getting in through your own human ways or the doctrines of your established denominations. What an abomination that is. Like the rules of the Pharisees. And we say, oh, it's the interpretation of Torah. It was absolutely an abomination. Do you understand? Scribes, Pharisees, teachers of the law, your interpretation of Moses is killing you, sending you to hell, and making you the children of the fallen angels. You have lifted up your hearts to Molech and Remphan, Acts 7, Stephen, in the Shekinah face. <laughs> it is your human interpretation of the divine things that's currently killing yourselves, all of you. You're aging by judging God unrighteous. You are dying in your sins, transgressions, and diseases because you have judged the Word unrighteously and have not rightly divided the Word of God righteously. When we rightly divide the Word of God, we dwell in Shekinah lightning and put on celestial lightning garments. And when you walk in the heavenly celestial in what is written and considered Scripture, Enoch, not your make-believe ascension, Enoch ascension, Jesus ascension, Moses ascension, prophets and the law ascension, clean hands, pure heart, mountain of the Lord that was here before all this generation's dumb, absolutely idiotic interpretations of Scripture, then you will find what? The ancient paths. What is restoration of all things? Restoring the ancient paths. Which means long before we were here, long before Bethel, long before Morningstar, long before William Seymour, long before the Assemblies of God, long before Church of God in Christ, long before Foursquare, long before the Glory Stream, long before Bobby Connor and David Hogan and Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson, long before me, long before you, ancient past. What is ancient? It don't get any more ancient than the first family. You know that? When the Bible refers to ancient, every single time, ancestors, Moses called them. They did not fear demons. Ancient, ancestor, ancient. What family is he talking about? I'll tell you. The first family and it's certainly not Cain. That's no longer family. That's an apostolic doctrine of the Lamb. You need that. Otherwise, you're going to be totally lost and loving devils your whole whoring life, wondering why you're being sucked dry by vampires in every direction, thinking that that's loving when you're letting Cain's non-redeemable bloodline and his father's the fallen angels and his offspring, the demons and evil spirits, suck you dry in every direction because you're just loving devils and considering that a Christian who just loves, you are as false as it gets, as immature and foolish as it gets. Wisdom and restoring the ancient past is returning to the great wisdom of the first family. Ancient ancestors. Listen, now the tree of life goes right there. The genealogy of Jesus Christ in Luke goes right there. 
Adam, the son of God. Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Noah, Shem, Abraham. Now let's go, you guys. I'm telling you, this family of the first estate is the promised land wisdom. This teaching is the cosmic teaching. Unfolding this realm is unfolding the promised realm. The promised land is not in the earthly. Revelation 4.1, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years, told Christians, stop playing games down below. I don't care about your apostolic signs and wonders. You're going to die down there. You're lost. You're clueless. You think you're rich, you're poor, you're blind, you're pitiful, you're naked. He says, there's a door open in heaven, come up here. Revelation 4.1, from the seven churches of Asia Minor into the cosmic church of the firstborn in heaven, which almost no Christians have ascended to except through vain imagination of Cain's mountains of his fathers, the fallen angels. People out there that are now talking about saving the fallen angels. Why? Because they're on the mountains of the fallen angels. Duh! The hyper-grace movement that started in the drunken glory movement but turned out to be just a total abomination. So we need to go back to the basics of the teachings of the first family and we have so many writings. We have so many manuscripts. We have so many copies that it's irrefutable. We have the Book of Enoch today more credible in its form than any previous generation except maybe ancient Israel that had the original Aramaic. You have it. You're without excuse. You have Jubilees. You have Jasher. You have Enoch. You have Apocrypha. You have the New Testament. You have the Old Testament. You have all the history books. You have everything you need. You have all the words that you need for success. You have it. The issue is now you got to believe it. Now you actually have to believe this stuff. If you don't, won't even do you any good. I can preach this stuff from my own experiences in these realms. If you don't listen to me, nothing can help you. If you don't listen to the people that have taken these words from God, the teachings from angels in the holy realms of His Shekinah glory, where God dwells, the glory realms, and you don't even listen, and you don't change your mind and belief systems, and you stick to the nullifying traditions of men and women in Christianity today, you will be the most doomed, seven times doomed people who have ever lived when the ancient wisdom of the ancient paths of Enoch are revealed before your hardened faces. And that's how it's going to be. People are not softening their hearts. Look around you. Look around Red Letter Ministries. Look around the nations. The love of many is waxing cold. They are not excited for the mountain. They're not excited for Moses. They're not excited for ascension and for righteousness and burning up the earthly. They're mourning. They're lamenting. They're distancing themselves. They love the earthly. They love the citizenship of Egypt and Egyptian Christianity, which is earthly Christianity which means they love their father, the devil, and they hate the Lamb of God when He comes in the wrath of the Lamb. Second coming reveals who actually likes Jesus. You can't come with little diaper form Jesus with your pampers 
and your poopers and your pacifiers and your blankies and your gerbers and say, oh, I love Jesus. Jesus shows up like a man of fire. That ain't Jesus. You're rebuking Jesus as the devil. Mountain of Jesus, horn-like apparent Jesus, man of light Jesus. Most of these Christians rebuke Jesus in his second coming form because they like the lamb form that they murdered, that they killed, and they kill him to this day. A Jesus you can kill. That's the Jesus of the generation of iniquity. You want a Jesus that you can control, make a pet, put on the cross, stab in the side? You like that Jesus. You're a devil-serving murderer of Jesus Christ. Truth, anyhow. We need to love Jesus in his lion form that's ripping the flesh off your spirit every day. That's the test in a second coming if you are the bride of the lion. Bride of the lion. You like being the bride of the lamb and you claim with your banners, whoopty frickin' do, Lion of the tribe of Judah with rainbow and lightning and prophetic this, prophetic that, prophecy this, prophecy that. But when the lion comes and starts tearing on you, because that's the lion's nature, you hate its guts, you get offended, you rebuke him as the devil, you are the haters and murderers of God and not his people. Truth anyhow. His people are the offering into his mouth. We like the Lion of Samson story, don't we? When you're an anti-Christ, murderer of Jesus, worker of iniquity, temple of fallen angel, Luciferian devils, you like the Jesus you can kill. That's why we always have these stories of killing and controlling God. We have made an image of Jesus that is the control and murder of God, 33 degrees Scottish Rite Freemasonry, the killing of the King of the Jews, Christianity, everywhere in the charismatic church. And it's no Christianity at all. It's the purest form of sorcery and witchcraft of all time, and it's filled all your bodies. It has. And the only way you're drained of it at all is if you step up this mountain and get speared by God, get speared by an angel. Get crucified with God. Get crucified by an angel carrying the word and the commandment of the king on the mountain that you're very familiar with, but don't know. Amen. You don't know. When you know, guess what happens? It's an outpouring of his death by allowing his word to devour you. Now, ancient Israel understood this. Deuteronomy 4.24 Our God is an all-consuming fire. We have not come to the place in the new covenant of Christianity yet where we have that level of reverence to give God an offering of our flesh and blood. Most of this wickedness around here is self-protection. I ain't giving him nothing. I'll give him the worst of my flesh. It's Cain everywhere. It's Cain everywhere. And then when we give something, we give money, we give time, we give resources, we give stuff to God. Is it out of your own convenience? Little inconvenient to sacrifice your firstborn, Abraham and Isaac. Is it a sacrifice of convenience? We think if it's inconvenient, it's not in the flow of glory. There's no glory on it. 
whores of Babylon, flowing with iniquity instead of the mountain of your personal death. It's not about your flow. It's about the flow of the angels that have never broken orbit in a heavenly celestial realm that you've never even tasted. Truth, anyhow. When you taste it, guess what happens? It's going to be bitter in your mouth, but sweet in your belly, it is written. It's going to taste like false teaching. It's going to taste like heresy. I want to climb back to nursery where they don't murder me with all my transgressions and sins and iniquities with Jesus. A people that allow the animal to live. You know, that's called Saul the Antichrist. Agog, king of the devils. We, he has something. He's valuable. We just let the king live. It's, you know, I'm going to do my own thing over here and lose my kingdom and forfeit salvation. I'm going to let the animal live. Saul allowed the animal to live and lost eternal salvation. He's not in heaven. He's in hell with demons torturing him forever. Truth anyhow. If you don't kill the animal, and I'm talking about dying the death with Jesus. Listen, any real mystic loves his piercings. Where do you need to get pierced? Throughout all your pride, all your ego, all your personality, every area of care. I mean, the piercing is eternal and complete. I'm telling you now, you can have as much reward in this life as you are pierced and annihilated with the Lamb of God in this life. And what annihilates you with the Lamb? His lion nature. Jesus, the high priest, is the one with the keys of death. Your death. And if you let him kill you daily, I die daily. And if you let him terminate all the junk in your life, all the godly stuff you think from God in your life, your destiny, your family, your fortune, your mind, your will, your emotion, your past, your present, your future, you will dwell with the king in the cosmic realm of his throne. The pavilion of the king of righteousness. You can live in that place, but you ain't getting in like thieves and robbers. There's a total lockdown right now by the new covenant Levites that are cosmic righteous ministers of the heavenlies like Moses and Aaron symbolized. Now the new covenant priest, royal priest of the holy nation is fulfilling with their angels. The angel of Aaron is here. The angel of Moses is here. The angel of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is here. The angel of Joseph is here. The angels of the 13 tribes of Israel are here because Dinah's angel is here. And the angels of the 12 apostles of the Lamb are here in the cosmic realm with the holy angels waiting on us to rise through the narrow gate to see if we will sacrifice all that's below in the spoiled brat generation where we have everything at the touch of our finger, everything except wisdom, everything except purity, everything except actual righteousness and holiness, no Shekinah, all the Shekinah is lifting off everyone. They're dying out there. It's terrible out there. There will be no joy for the unbeliever. 
It is written. They will have no pleasure. They will have no yachts. They'll have no airplanes. The judgment that's coming now is beyond your current ability to imagine. The judgment that will come forth from the cosmic realm of the true and eternal Israel of God with all the real Israelites of the Old Testament that are in that realm. Not your make-believe Judaism today with your human interpretation. That's going to burn too. All the Christian earthliness, all the Jewish earthliness, all of it will burn. It's all going to be tested in fire. And what will be revealed? Gemstones. Gemstones. Oh, just spiritual in the third heaven. Well, you're a Gnostic demon, aren't you? You're a Gnostic devil. How about gemstones in the heavens and the earth as rewards without your nullified interpretation of your poverty principality ruining everything in your life by a fallen angel interpreting the Bible for you. Wouldn't that be something? And I'm not mad at you. This is respect towards you by being honest with you. Truth anyhow. And this is the exact standard everyone on the holy mountain has. And it's preaching. So it's a little different than just conversing. You need to understand mountain preaching because you probably don't. People come in here from all different walks of life, from all different realms of the earth and different degrees of darkness and gray matter and witchcraft and sorcery and iniquity with some training, some born-again stuff, some stuff's real, some stuff's God. But it's all going to be tested in fire and it's all going to be refined seven times, 70 times every single day, which means it'll continue to grow beyond your control until your whole life is controlled by God's fruitfulness in you as a tree of life and you're no longer human at all and completely heavenly above the fall. Come on now. Angel-like children of the resurrection. Last curse to be swallowed up. What is it? Earthliness. That's what it is. Every single divine thing earthly. You know what the last curse to be swallowed up? Seven churches of Asia Minor. Period. Last curse to be swallowed up is Revelation 2 and 3, which is all earthliness, which is death. Yeah. The earthly divine is the curse of death to be swallowed up. The same stuff you cling to there and call God is what the Holy Ghost in the cosmic overcomer realm wants to burn up. And if you keep holding on to it, you will burn up in judgment and not refinement. You are doomed. You will not survive the coming days. The heat will be like the sun. The sun gets up to 27 million degrees. But now, scientists have discovered things swimming through the sun. We posted it on Facebook. They actually have a picture and photographs and video footage of, of beings swimming through the sun. It looks like a dragon. It's the sun serpent. And it's wickedness. It's the abuse of the sun. It's all going to burn away. But guess what's going to happen? Psalms 19, the sun will become the bridegroom's chambers. Can you imagine being so holy that you can walk on the sun, in the sun? The core of the sun is 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. Not just as an angel. Oh, you got faith for that because you're Gnostic. But with your soul 
and celestial flesh as well. Can you imagine a type of flesh that can handle 27 million degrees Fahrenheit? That's about uh, 12 million Celsius for all the non-Americans out there, Ramon. Yeah, that's hot. That is intense. Well, what kind of teaching can prepare you for 27 million degrees? I mean, honestly, this is getting there, but this isn't it. I'll be honest with you, it don't exist on this planet yet. It don't exist yet! This is the kind of standard getting there to make that level of food of power and ability of the angelic and the celestial manifest physical flesh and blood realities otherwise it's garbage the word must be made flesh which tells me we have not been digesting a high and angelic enough word anywhere in the church age anywhere the standard is so freaking low you guys we tolerate every garbage thing we get into every excuse under the sun of self-justifying. I have watched every charismatic minister make up doctrines in their latter years to justify their conditions. Blasphemy! Blasphemy! There will be no justification. If anything, terminate yourself by telling the truth that you have not believed or obeyed and God might spare you. Seriously, guys. Don't make up junk just because you're in a funk. Don't make up teachings because you're not having the promises. The reason why you don't have the promises because there's desert in you. There's sand in you. There's stuff that you believe that's just so far off it's not even funny. God is going to correct and scourge and chastise this whole generation. All these pride-filled, arrogant, iniquity Christian punks are not going to survive. Just like Moses' first wave. They're dead. They're dead. It will not make it. What you came out with in the church age has no future. You are cursed. You are totally cursed by the teachings you've heard. Troth anyhow. It has not helped you. It has hurt you. It will not make it on the mountain. That's what keeps you in the sand. Truth anyhow. Now, the Joshua's and Caleb's, they were a part of that first wave. Why? They got into promised land teaching. They believed Moses on the mountain. They believed the cosmic celestial gospel. The Bible says that Moses gave them the gospel, which was that cosmic word. Only two out of four million believed. Which tells me when righteousness springs up in this generation, which is what RLM has pioneered this whole time against all opposition of a generation of iniquity, the whole first wave will oppose it and die because they've opposed the cosmic teaching of righteousness of Moses and the Lamb of God. And they refuse to sing the song of Moses. You see these punks everywhere. Everywhere. They will insist on grace. You know, the word of Moses with the Lamb on Zion is the greatest grace of all time. 
The problem is, is you're full of some Derek Prince garbage. You're full of some church age abomination. You have gravel in your mouth. You have gravel in your heart. You're full of opinions and ideas from teachers that have never lived in the cosmic realm. They've never obeyed the order of Melchizedek, of righteousness, of the law of the luminaries, of Enoch and first family wisdom. They're opposed to the teachings of the law of the stars. They fight the two-third stars as the one-third star in the earthly realm. Do you understand this is what the war is? The earthly, full of the one-third stars, fighting the celestial, full of the two-third stars, which are holy, holy angels. Truth anyhow. So the unholy pretending to be holy is fighting the holy. Doesn't that sound like the murder of Jesus Christ? The self-righteous murdered the righteous one, it is written. You murdered the righteous one, book of Acts. Their self-righteousness, which was earthly righteousness, was the murder of the heavenly one. So I people, this is the remnant, guys. You can't be earthly. I don't care if you went through every glory stream prophetic ministry in the face of the earth. If you are earthly, you are completely and totally wrong and dying in your wrongness. I don't care who you think you know in the charismatic zoo and all the knowledge that you've attained through studying the books or even your biblical interpretation through the greatest prophets and apostles. If they do not conform to first family wisdom of the ancient path, which is ancients now, first family, ancient path, wisdom of the ancient first family, which was entirely cosmic with no mixture of Cain and all the dumb crap they were doing. They passed on their generations until it was terminated off the face of the earth like it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So we're going to have a cosmic remnant that's totally set apart from the valley of iniquity, which is earthly Christianity. Come out of her, my people, it is written. And when you come out of her, guess what you do? You're going to rise in a different teaching. It'll be different. It'll be the same Bible with a different perspective of Shekinah, which will be actual grace, which is the word of Shekinah, the word of grace. Acts 20 is the word of grace, which is the commandment of Moses on Zion, the commandment of the Lamb of God on the holy mountain. Something you don't yet have in this generation. That's why there's no stomach for it. That's why 40 people daily can handle it yet because it hasn't been established because no one has eaten it yet. You guys are coming to the ark of ancient wisdom, of the wisdom of the ages that Bob Jones said would come through the manifest sons of God that were God inside minded, laying hands on their belly. There's the wisdom of the ages. It'll be at the development of the human spirit through crucifixion and to the above realm until they're totally above. Then they'll teach from the above realm like Noah. They'll preach from the above realm cosmic righteousness of the palace of Shekinah glory from the above realm, the realm of the overcomers. Overcoming what? All the earthly of the charismatic. That is the last thing, guys, in dealing with this. You have overcome some stuff, but it is minuscule. And it's big in your minds because you're still full of pride. And you've obtained your testimony, but not the testimony of the Lamb. And that's not going to do you any good. It's not. 
I'm sorry. We're all happy for you. Whoopty frickin' do. Here's the star on your report card. Now gain an actual eternal testimony, which is an, a testimony of an overcomer in the cosmic realm of righteousness. Then we can talk about it in the Areopagus up there in the heavenly Sanhedrin up there for thousands and thousands of years of how awesome we are. Until then, there's nothing awesome down here. It is a total backslidden, lukewarm state of apostasy in a valley of iniquity and people applauding themselves, encourage, encouraging themselves in the things below. Encouraging yourself in iniquity. Encourage yourself always in the Lord and they're encouraging their soul, their animal nature to not go on the mountain, to not ascend to be with Christ, to not die with Jesus, not burn the animal, not be a living sacrifice, to cling and retain their all personal wants, cares, and desires, me, myself, and I, every single day. And we have not learned the way. We will learn the way, we will walk in it, and we will judge and expose every other way as demons. Because that's what it is. The way and every other way is offensive because it's the wide path of destruction. The narrow way, you can't blame me. I'm just the conduit of the truth. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way that he walked and ascended to his father. He who descended is also he who ascended to the highest heights and is now seated with God the Father at His right hand glorified in heaven, it is written. Now, you must also ascend. Teaching ascension is going through the prophets and Moses, not in the dead letter. Oh my gosh, can you imagine interpreting the prophets and Moses without the fullness of the Lamb and His Spirit and His water and His blood? You are going to be the biggest antichrist idiots in the whole world. Jewish idiots, synagogue of Satan, morons. That's what Jesus Christ said. Synagogue of Satan, idiotic people fighting the very realities of spiritual ascension by insisting on external tradition. Insisting on soulless tradition. Listen, we say external tradition, we apply it to the flesh. It's spiritual tradition. Iniquity is human spirituality. Iniquity is earthly spirituality. There is an, a tradition of iniquity. Charismatic iniquity tradition. There are traditions of how we do the gifts of the Spirit. How we do this, that, and the other thing. I watched sinners every single day pollute the realms that I was experiencing in the early days of the drunken glory. And it immediately turned into a cesspool. And it was shocking to me. It was like, just because you're experiencing greater glory does not mean anything is clean around you. In fact, it got even dirtier because it got more and more abused because it was a higher realm of the cosmic realities of the new wine that was being dispersed. And people just became pigs with it. Pigs. Absolute slobs. Totally immoral. Completely selfish using the things of God in the greatest harlotry of all time. It's true. The more of divinity is revealed to man, the more man will steal it and use it for himself, which means the bigger the whores they will become, the more you reveal the Godhead. Woo if they are not crucified with you on the holy mountain, terminating their iniquity 
and terminating their soullessness, terminating their flesh. The greater you reveal the divine, the greater the whoring to demons. Now that's a biblical principle, y'all. What is the whore of Babylon? All the cosmic wisdom of the first family revealed in this righteousness amongst the remnant of overcomers like the days of Noah. Noah was one in the days of Noah. Scholars say there was one billion on earth. There's probably a lot more than that. But it's one against one billion if you believe what Jesus Christ said the days of Noah would be like. Right? One versus one billion as it was in the days of Noah. Because everyone on the mountains won. <laughs> Why? Because it's the termination of the Lamb of God. Crucified with Christ. And what terminates you on this mountain? The lion nature. Jesus himself killing you with his cross. Through prophecy, which is the word of God's fire. It's a mountain of burning fire. It's Zion. It's rising with an intensity of heat where you can physically stand in the core of the sun. Okay? You need to understand that. That's what's going to happen. So the food to get there is going to be different. You're going to be here in righteousness. My first 40 years in my Moses calling on my life, predestined for it to be a deliverer of my generation and the main deliverer and the chief deliverer of my generation, which is the truth anyhow. Predestined for it August 6th, 1981, the Bob Jones prophecy of the sands of time. The leaders of God's deliverer, delivering armies. This is the mantle on my life. It's a Moses. And so my first 40 years, just like Moses, were terrestrial. The second 40 years of Moses were training in the burning bush in the mountain. Yeah? So these second phase of 40 years that we are in now, called Red Letter Ministries, which was not my creation, God's audible voice in my car, my senior year of college said, call your ministry the Red Letter Ministry. I will bless this ministry because it will be my ministry. Not one thing here is human. Not one thing here is man. That's just you thinking that way because you're wrong about everything. When you get that burn up, you come into the divine and you experience the Shekinah. When you're in the human, it's just unrighteous judgment killing yourselves like the Israelites in the sand fighting Moses in the eternal celestial realm every day. It's not easy kicking against the pricks out there. And they just keep dying, 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 burning, 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 hardening their hearts, getting worse, 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 worse every day because they refuse to climb the mountain and die with Moses in the fire of the word of God. Well, if you choose to die in this mountain, there will be a remnant on this mountain. You'll be a part of the Ark of the Covenant, of the New Covenant on this mountain. And clearly, that is why we preach. Clearly, that is why we minister. It is the true love that burns up the false love. And if you did not hear it here, you would die in false love. Because false love is everything under the sun that has the appearance and facilitates the feelings and emotions of what not god you that's what makes it false because human beings are false that's what falsity is everything human is fallen and false that's what the bible says i said in my astonishment all humanity is liars but god's word is the truth because god's word is not human it's fire and it will burn you eat you devour you to the measure you allow it to eat up all the words working in your dna 
which is the physical manifestation you're creating in your little world right now, which is the words working in you, which are all lies, all of them. And if they're not, the fire of truth will upgrade you. But if you don't get the upgrade, you resist the fire and insist on the words you already have, you are not going to grow. You're going to die. That's how the working of the word works. If you resist a higher word, you slide down the mountain. If you don't go higher, you turn back and the Bible says, you're not worthy of me. You're not saved anymore. You're not saved physically, mentally, morally, financially, relationally. You're doomed. You have to keep eating, hearing, and obeying, not turning back. If you have turned back, repent and burn on the mountain and bear fruit in keeping with repentance, which is keeping on the crucifixion of your spirit, soul, and flesh, and obey the angel. And if there's not an angel sent to you, you can't obey. You go back into that valley of iniquity, second book of Adam and Eve, there's no way back onto the holy mountain except through angels. Anyone that says otherwise is a liar. Your self-effort, your emotion, your crying. Oh, Judas Iscariot wept all the way. He's still weeping right now in hell, being tortured and tormented. He's still weeping. And no one on the holy mountain feels bad for that idiot. Neither should you. If there's one drop of righteousness in you, righteousness in you at all, you are not going to mourn over the sons of Aaron with the wicked of the fallen angels. They were commanded to not mourn or feel bad at all for what the devil's doing and from those eating from the tables of demons. Stop mourning demons. Stop mourning the wicked. Start rising in righteousness. Start burning your whole life up in the Holy Word. It will change you into God's opinion of what love is, which is the exact opposite of yours truth or now unless you're a temple of god and then it's iron sharpening iron but if it's not and it's just you in there like a worker of iniquity everything in there must burn and die and the invitation to the mountain is what isaac's death the cross what kind of filthy wrongdoing christianity do we have down here it says come to the mountain for success Come to the mountain for prosperity. Come to the mountain for healing. Come to the mountain for a wholesome community. You're on the seven mountains of the devil. <laughs> Truth in you. If you come to Zion, you're coming through Calvary buckwheat. And you're coming as the offering. You're coming as the sacrifice. And you're going to learn obedience through the suffering of all the sins in your life, which is all your disagreement with God's glory that you know less than nothing about. Amen! And when you get familiar with the glory, don't get comfortable. Get prepped. Get challenged. Go higher. Burn hotter. I don't see your bones in the center of the sun yet. We got a ways to go. It's not going to take that much time. You'd be surprised. God can do it in the twinkling of an eye. You just don't have faith for it. I just don't have faith for it. I'm growing in faith for it by believing a better word. 
a better celestial cosmic word with no mixture of the valley of the shadow of death in it. This gospel is going to get so clear, clean, big, heavenly, celestial, that it's going to, all these goofballs down the earth, they're going to be like, man, forgive me. I have never heard the gospel. I've been down here in church, man. I have literally been an anti-Christ worker of iniquity, trying to be good in this temple, instead of letting God's goodness fill the temple and the Shekinah of the cosmic realm where his throne dwells. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What are you going to build for me in the valley of death? You're deceived. Oh, let us build shelters for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Something I can build. Come God, fill my building. Come God, bless Cain. That's what Cain is, people. God ain't going to bless Cain. He marked him the devil's family. And you wonder why you're discouraged. You can never get the upgrades you want. You're not even in the right, correct building system of Calvary and Zion and the tree of life through constant crucifixion of your whole culture and your whole sexuality, your whole gender and your whole education, your whole earthliness, your whole animal existence is a bleeding lie. Truth. Your animal human existence is a bleeding lie. Whew. It could not be further from the truth since the truth comes down from above. Now, when you begin to practice truth by eating a higher, better word from a higher crucified Christian, and I hope it's you, because I look for fellowship in the ark every single day. Noah preached, Come and build with me. Come and join me. They never did until it rained, and they begged and clawed to come in only for self-preservation because you're blood-sucking anti-Christ selfish vampires. At that point, it's too late you're sealed out because you didn't come in with the right motivation. You can only come in through the judgment of your heart of wanting to serve God in the cosmic realm by sacrificing the terrestrial earthly realm. Once it's too late and you're out there and your wife has left you, your husband's left you, your business is destroyed, and you're sitting there in a pile of your manure feces of your own sins, it's too late. The ark is sealed for you. You can't get back in. Just because now you're tasting the consequences of sin, you think Noah's going to let you in? You're a fool. That's false repentance. There's consequences to sin. All this, oh, forgive me, forgive me. You're like Judas Iscariot. You're not like Peter. You're like Judas. That ain't how repentance works. You're going to go have to put in the work. You're going to have to get out of your manure pile of dog vomit and learn how to work for the Holy Ghost. Truth anyhow. You sit there in your dog vomit and just plead the blood. Oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But there's no repentance, which is change of behavior. You're only tasting the consequences of your sin, and that's why you're remorseful, which is false Judas Iscariot repentance. 
and you're still a prostitute and you still serve demons and if the door opened you'd go right back in with no internal or external changes of behavior or attitude or belief systems because you're a fake truth anyhow repentance means i will jo join noah and work in the cosmic when it's inconvenient in the terrestrial oh my little idiot family members that act like animals are not going to understand it. who is my family he who does the will of my father in heaven you're gonna have to tell your mom off like jesus truth or no honor your father and mother well jesus honored his mother by telling her get stuffed and gagged and repent because you're not my mom right now you're a lying demon those who do the will of my Father in heaven are my mother and brother and sister. You lying Israelites. It is written. Amen. Which means you will have to be of the celestial cosmic family above and you get tested every single day by the animals around you called human lying beings. Not truth beings. Lying beings. And they lie, 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 because that's their nature. Because in the valley, they're filled with the devil with a liquid substance called iniquity. And they can't tell the truth. And they'll never do what's right until they come to Calvary and start to die with him in the word that crucifies the spirit, soul, and flesh and possesses with something that's not yourself that you can't control called the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to honor the Holy Spirit as the master of your spirit, the master of your soul, and the master of your mind, and will, and emotions, and relationships, and pleasures, and delights, and every aspect of your life in this world, it's the first step as a baby disciple. Doesn't mean you get anything. It means you've entered the Academy of Heaven and are considered a candidate to be a teacher. If you stay the narrow course and don't grow weary in well-doing and overcome temptations, tribulations, persecutions, and everything that comes with the territory of becoming a basic entry-level disciple of the kingdom of heaven, God's dwelling place in the Shekinah of the cosmos. And when you're tested faithful and true, written on your legs, which means you've walked the mountain. I was in Gethsemane. I was in Calvary. I was there with the cat of nine tails. I was there when he fell down. I was there when he was nailed to the tree. I was there with the thieves talking to him. I was there when he was offered the wine. And you're crucified with Christ constantly in the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of John. Woo! Chief Apostle, know the standard of a normal Christian. I was there in Gethsemane. I was there in all the beatings, scourgings, mockings, trials, tribulations, chantings of Israel, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas. I was there on the holy mountain. I was there at Calvary. <laughs> when he uttered his last breaths, I heard it with my physical ears. <laughs> Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he gave up the ghost. And you're there in John. You have to be to be of this company. You know that? 
You will have these experiences in the coming day as if you were really there because you were there in your generations in the tree of life. It becomes physical reality, family tree with that blood surging through you because you're engrafted into those experiences. Your consciousness will translate there. Your mind will go there. You will be there with the Lord. You will have the Lord's experiences. Everywhere the Lord's been since Adam to the present time, you will have these experiences called the wisdom of the ages. It's not wisdom unless you have the experiences. How do we intensify experiences? Be faithful in the measure you have now. All the teaching and preaching of the prophets is to open up your experiences, but then you forsake and abandon and murder the prophets. You have no loyalty to the prophets. No loyalty to Samuel. No loyalty to Elijah. It's like, bless me, Elijah, so I can start my own little Elijah ministry. And then we're fighting Elijah. I've seen that 10,000 times in this horror Babylon generation. Give me, give me prophetic, 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 so I can be a money-making hireling out here in this apostate generation. What are the intentions of your heart? For the success in the treasury of God? Or you? Are you a whore of Babylon still that want the things of God for personal success? You are marked Cain. All our success is marked for God's treasure house. This is God's treasury of God's success. And if you want any part in it, you work for God and not man. You work for God and not self. You work for God and not your little family of animals. You work for God and His family of angels. And that's entry-level understanding. If you're working for your own little clique, your own little like-minded people, are you not just like animals? Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. Son of man has nothing here because you're a bunch of animals, Jesus said. Troth anyhow correct interpretation he's looking for brothers and sisters who are as angel like as the angel of the lord that created the heavens and the earth he's looking for family that will store up treasures in the treasury of christ not your bank account god's bank account what's wrong with you people you have not the things of God in mind. The treasury of God is the beginning of treasure. Wisdom. What are the intentions of your heart for success? For your businesses? For your businesses. You think God's going to give you a mansion? Unless you're building up God's treasury in heaven, you'll never have anything from God. You'll go into the devil's kingdom and become the enemies of the sons of God like half of you are coming into this last six months in Red Letter Ministries. You're no longer walking with me. I know you're not. You've departed from the way. You're seekers of self-interest. You want the success that comes from self that is not for God. That's why most of you have abandoned me because you're no longer interested in the success of the treasure house of God, of the wine cellar of God, of the enjoyment of God. You want self-enjoyment. You want your businesses to be successful 
for your own family's enjoyment and you don't give the best to God. You eat it like Cain ate his best and did not give it to God. Which is what this test on earth is for. Will you give your best to God? And if you eat your best, you are of the family of Cain and not Enoch and have no salvation in this generation. Repent and give God your best. And if you're not giving God your best in every area of your life, you're not yet living for Him. You're false Christians. You're Cain's family. Zeal for the Father has consumed me, says one normal Christian, Jesus the Christ. Any brother or sister of His has the exact same attitude as an angelic right. Because they're born again of God and marked for God. Not everyone born again is marked. You notice that? Woo! Now you're in the time of testing to see if you're going to be chosen. Many called, few are chosen. You choose if you're chosen by choosing Father's treasury or your selfish own. In my experience, in this generation of iniquity, over 99% of born-again Christians reject being chosen. Are you going to be chosen? If you can receive this word tonight, it's a step in that direction. But there will be harder words to come that will annihilate any last trace of your Adam and Eve nature to be entirely angelic, cherubim, seraphim, ophanim nature. And these are these will be words that only warring angels can hear. These will be words that only please Uriel, Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael. Warring, mighty archangels, shouting archangels, trumpets of archangels, in a company of the celestial watchers of the two-thirds. Amen. With mighty angels in whose company you will dwell continuously and talk and walk and eat and drink with angels on the holy mountain. And you'll learn how in the coming days. You'll learn how by the ministry of those who dwell in those places. And as the scraps fall off our feast that's already begun, it'll hit you like 500 pound millstones down below in the earthly realm of all iniquity, of all false Christianity. And they begin to crush. They begin to complain. They begin to persecute more severely. They begin to attack the finances more severely. They begin to slander and gossip. And the lies become more vicious. And the lies become more intense against those dwelling on the holy mountain. Because they're desperate not to be exposed as Cain. But all of Cain marked for slaughter will come about in judgment by the consummation of our righteousness over their wickedness in our days. That's what we are predestined for, ordained to do. To raise a standard of righteousness in the preaching of Noah and drown the world with fire and burn all the wicked false down below that say they love Him but never obeyed Him in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. If that message pricked your heart, 
like a spear in your side that you need daily until that spear becomes the spear of your cosmic ecstasy in a palace of Shekinah glory. I'm telling you now, God is asking you to sacrifice everything, but you can make it obvious to the angels who take your sacrifice and put it into the altar of God by a financial offering before the eyes of all the angels that if you've been a hypocrite, a religious Pharisee, a numbskull, rebellious, a drug addict, an alcoholic, a sinner, a worker of iniquity, if you have practiced falsehood in the terrestrial, if you have practiced all the charismatic filth of the whore of Babylon and have rejected the heavenly calling through the cross and God is speaking to you today, you can show the angels you're serious and you know how they take it seriously? Cornelius's house. Financial offerings shows the angels you're not goofing around. This person means business. And if you have a poverty demon in you and you're full of wrongdoing and it's hard to give, the angels know you're as fake as you were before. That you won't even be changed if Jesus Christ appeared to you in his full celestial armor. Nothing could help you because you're not moved by any form of the Word of God. You've hardened your heart unto death. Nothing can soften your heart. You're not even savable. If you can't hear and obey and soften your heart and grow on the mountain and give God your best, you're not savable. Truth anyhow. But if you can hear and obey, give God your best, you are a redeemable race that has said yes to Calvary. I will be with John in Gethsemane. I will be with John in every stage of betrayal and rejection and crucifixion. I will walk the narrow way and I will suffer with him and I will rejoice with his victories. Amen. And I will enjoy Jesus in every form that he takes in my life. Known forms, unknown forms, I will walk this walk until it's written on my legs as a pillar of the cosmic Shekinah glory of the temple of God the Father. I will walk up this mountain with Jesus and give Him my best every day. Amen. Give God your best. Show the angels you're serious. Don't give Him your worst. Give Him your best financially. Give Him your best with all your time practicing His presence. Practicing and meditating on His mysteries, churning like butter inside the wheel of your spirit, soul, and flesh. Producing more oil every day by the Word of God, working out of your bodies, fear and trembling, and ever-increasing Shekinah salvation in Jesus' name. Amen.